One thing about mama, she is going to make sure that everyone else is taken care of before she even thinks about treating herself. So if you are looking for the perfect gift to make mom feel special this Mother's Day, make sure you check out the Mega Moisture Duo from Osea Malibu because body care is self-care. Since 1996, Osea has been making clean, clinically proven, seaweed-infused skincare. So this Mother's Day, treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GSPP at OseaMalibu.com. Plus, you'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code GSPP for 10% off. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. You can wish for it or you can work for it. You got to work for greatness. If you ain't working, you should be working. Let's work. These are the confessions of a workaholic. 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 Welcome to Confessions of a Workaholic, where we share the untold success secrets of fearless female entrepreneurs who are obsessed with success. This is your girl, Coriel, back for another solo episode. And this week, it's a little different. It's a little special, y'all. It might ruffle some feathers, but it's going to be a good conversation. I am making my clubhouse debut, and we are talking about a topic that we don't often talk about here on the show. It's all about relationships. But as y'all know, even though this is typically a podcast about entrepreneurship and building your business, I am a proud Black woman that is baking a beautiful Black baby with my amazing Black man. And I am very proud to advocate for all things Black. And although I love talking about black business, black wealth building, group economics, all that good stuff, I really feel like the cure for our culture and what we really need to be focused on is rebuilding our community. And the only way that we are going to ever rebuild the black community is if we start by rebuilding the black family. If black men and black women figure out how to coexist, how to really come together to start having healthy relationships. And I think that those healthy relationships are going to start with having some healthy dialogue and those much needed conversations. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. Um, I plan on bringing you even more conversations like this one, because it's not just about making the money and building your business and being bossed up if you don't really have someone to share it with. So enjoy this episode. Let's get into it. This week's episode is brought to you by Big Idea Food, which is a weekly devotional for entrepreneurs, side hustlers, and dreamers written by Marlena Banks. This best-selling book by Marlena Banks is the kick in the butt you've been needing to get your life, kick fear in the face, and go boldly after your God-given dreams. I was able to get my hands on a copy of this book. And when I tell you it is full of so much wisdom, I really mean it. What I enjoy the most about this book is how relatable it is. It is definitely a religious-based devotional. She shares lots of resources throughout. There are 52 scripture-based 
um, devotionals inside, but she really breaks down the concept in a way that anybody can relate to and appreciate. So you can definitely grab your copy at bigideafood.com. I'm going to link the website in the show notes. Here is a brief description of what you are going to get inside this book. Big Idea Food is the devotional for today's Christian hustlers who are passionately using entrepreneurship or dreaming about it to create the abundant lives they were born to live. In this refreshingly digestible companion, author and serial entrepreneur Marlena Banks serves up 52 scripture-based bite-sized devotions that pull back the curtain on her entrepreneurial experiences thus far. The wisdom she's gained along the way will help you push past paralyzing fears and mental blocks, keeping you from building the business you know you've been called to build. It'll help you get started or restarted on projects you've been procrastinating on. It'll help you build more time with God into your daily routine. It'll help you to understand how to apply the Bible to your everyday business struggles. And it'll also help you gain clarity on your next steps so you can walk confidently in your purpose. Reading Big Idea Food will spark new revelations about your business, show you how God's word is relevant to what you're building today, and nourish the soul through the journey and challenges of entrepreneurship. Make sure you are supporting this Black author, Marlena Banks. Log on to bigideafood.com to grab your copy. And let's continue to spend our Black dollars with some Black businesses. Thank you for supporting this episode, Marlena. Today's conversation, um, for those of you who have heard of Kevin Samuels, today's conversation is entitled, Everybody Hates Kev. I'm sure y'all are familiar with Everybody Hates Chris. Um, and, and this conversation is one that I feel like might get a little controversial. When my man found out I was going to have this conversation, he said, are you, you sure about that? You sure you ready for that conversation? And I'm like, yeah, why not? You know, I got some things to say. Um, and so I feel like one of the things that my audience appreciates me appreciates about me the most is that I keep it real. I tell y'all how I really feel, agree or disagree, love it or hate it. You know that I'm going to at least tell y'all the truth and it's going to come from a place of love. And so um, Kevin Samuels is a image consultant. Let's start there. I think when he first went viral a couple of weeks ago, everybody was saying, you know, well, is he a relationship coach? They were calling him a, um, I saw some people calling him a therapist. And so the first point of clarity, I think that is super important, is that he is not a relationship coach. He does not claim to be a relationship coach or relationship expert. He tells you on every single show, every single episode that I've seen that he is an image consultant. And I think that it's very important to understand that his perspectives, his opinions are revolving around your image because that's his expertise. That's what he specializes in. That's what he likes to focus on. Um, and so if you are not familiar, then this conversation is going to be a little bit foreign for you, but I'll give you a little background information. So Kevin Samuels is big on YouTube. That's his main platform. He hosts um, a show every night. It's either Monday through Thursday or Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. So he'll be on tonight. If you haven't seen him live, you can definitely check out a new episode this evening. Um, and the whole premise of the show revolves around dating, relationships, and pretty much the Black community, although I have heard and seen him speak to some non-Black um, uh, women. So the majority of the shows that I've seen, women have been the ones calling in. However, I have also seen an episode where a man called in, so I do know that he does also speak to men. On this show, he talks about his own personal philosophies when it comes to what's going on in the Black community in terms of dating, love, relationships, marriage, and all those things. And a lot of the information that he provides, even though it's very controversial, 
even though he can be a, a bit rough in his approach, a lot of the information that he is providing is rooted in research. So he talks a lot about statistics. Um, you know, of course, a lot of the information is also just based on his personal experiences, based on the people that he's connected to, based on his network, uh, based on his clients, but a lot of it is also based on statistics and just the facts. So in the in the episode uh, where he went viral a couple of weeks ago, there was a woman who called in. She was an entrepreneur. Um, I believe she was making six figures in her business. She had like a dog grooming business. And she was 35 years old. And, and she said that her goal or her preference was to date a man that made six figures. Now, I will also say that if you only saw a 30 second clip or a 60 second clip or the clips that went viral or the ones that the blogs posted about, you might not have a whole lot to pull from in terms of his opinion and his perspective. I have seen several full shows. And so I've kind of gotten a better understanding of, you know, his theories and where his perspectives come from. And so I wanted to make sure that I was, you know, well-versed. Um, so I knew what I was talking about. So if you have not seen a full episode, I definitely encourage you to go do that before you make a judgment. Um, but a lot of the episodes that I've seen, he lets women call in. He either, you know, has them turn on their camera so he can see them because again, he's an image consultant. So image is a big part of how he's judging you. Um, and he, a lot of times has women to rate themselves and he tells them, you know, rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 and you can't choose seven because seven is a safe number. You know, most people will just say seven just because they don't want to, you know, sound too cocky and they also don't want to um, lowball themselves. So this lady says that she's a five. Now, if you are only looking at her on paper and, you know, she's making six figures, she's a successful entrepreneur, you might say, okay, well, obviously, you know, she should rate herself higher than a five because five is literally average. So one of the major, I guess, um, problems that people had with his opinion and with this particular episode is that he called this lady average. However, from what I saw, she she called herself average because she said, you know, I will rate myself a five when I wake up in the morning. But when I get my face together, when I get dressed up, I'm a six. So I would like to just start off by saying this is one particular episode. This I don't think you can judge his entire philosophy or his entire show based off of this one interaction that he had with this woman, which is why I needed to see more. Um, but a woman who, first of all, calls into the show, knowing the type of advice that he's given or the type of um, opinions that he has, I think that, you know, she probably either is looking for some tough love. She is, you know, um, at like her breaking point where she feels like, look, I didn't try it on my own, but now I'm just willing to take, you know, I need some advice because I don't want to continue to um, attract these same situations and circumstances that I've been attracting. I'm ready to do something different. And so in an effort to do that, I'm going to call into this show, get some tough love and figure out what I need to do differently. Now, I will say the, a, a lot of the complaints that I saw were number one, that he was too rough. He did call her abroad. He ended up telling her to get the F off his phone at the end of the show. But if you watch the entire episode, you could see that the conversation took a turn once she didn't really like what he was saying. When she didn't really like his feedback, she started to disengage. She started to kind of play on her phone. She wasn't really, you know, listening or being respectful, you know, at a, at a certain point. And so I feel like he kind of got frustrated with her. And that's why he ended up saying, get the F off my phone. But again, my um, opinions of him are based on me watching several hours of his show and not just seeing him engage with this one person. So I've definitely seen, you know, people say that he's a bit rough, um, which, you know, if you compare him to a Yanla, a Yanla is damn rough. I think that it's a little different coming from a Yanla because most of us or a lot of us, I won't say most, um, but a lot of us have some abrasive aunties mamas and grandmamas in our lives that have had that tough love you know abrasive rough tell it how it is 
um, type of approach. And so when it's coming from an older Black woman, I think that it's more familiar. So I think we're not as offended um, versus coming from, you know, this Black man. Um, it can kind of be a, a turnoff to some people. So people have been complaining about his approach. Um, I even posted on, you know, when I, when I posted about this clubhouse on my Instagram earlier today, that was one of the things that people kept saying in the comments was, you know, he's speaking some truth, but his delivery is terrible. And so my whole uh, answer to that is you can't fault someone for doing what they do, how they want to do it on their platform. That's the thing I think that people are not taking into consideration is the fact that these women are really you know, at his mercy, if they decide to call into his show, I'm sure that they've seen other episodes before deciding to call in because you got to be damn brave to call in and talk to this man, in my opinion. So I'm sure they kind of know what they're getting themselves into. And that to me is like, I'm, I invite you to my house. I tell you, you can come over for dinner. And then when you get there, you curse me out about, or you get offended because I'm cooking something that you might not like, or I'm, you know, preparing it in a way that you didn't want it, or I'm serving it at a time that you don't want it. And in my opinion, you can't come to somebody else's house and then go off on them. You can't come to somebody else's platform and then, you know, be mad at the way that you're handled on their platform, especially if you have, you know, seen what they've done before. If this isn't your first time at the rodeo, you should kind of know what you are getting yourself into. So those two observations, I kind of think are, you know, kind of null and void. The fact that he's a little rough, I feel like, hey, if, if he's not your cup of tea, don't tune into his show. There are several other types of um, relationship shows and platforms that you can tune into that will tell you everything's going to be okay and tell you that, you know, you got it all together and you're going to get exactly what you want and you can attract, you know, any type of man or woman that you desire. There are plenty platforms out there that will do that for you, but his it ain't that. Another thing that I've seen people saying is that he his opinion is not valid because he's been divorced twice. And although I understand that, Steve Harvey has also been divorced twice. And I mean, how many times was his his books bestsellers, you know, act like a act like a lady, think like a man. All my friends read the book, you know, every, every black woman that I know has is at least familiar with the book and their first opinion after reading the book, after reading the book had nothing to do with how many times he'd been married or divorced. That was not even really a topic of conversation until later on um, down the line. And so I think that we kind of pick and choose whose opinions we value. There's also a book that personally was very helpful for me and that I referenced a lot when I was running the Single Wives Club called Calling in the One. And this book was super deep. It's like therapy in a book where it's really, truly a self-help guide for women that helps you to figure out why you are attracting what you're attracting, how you are getting into these situations and, and what kind of soul searching and self-work you need to do to start attracting what you really want. And the author of that book who has literally changed the lives of thousands of women is divorced. So I think that the fact that he's been married and divorced, you know, that's not, in my opinion, a reason to not take into consideration anything that he says. Um, you don't have to take it all, but to totally dismiss his entire conversation because of his personal relationship-ish, I think that that's unfair unless we're going to do that across the board. And that brings me to the other people who we you know, are typically taking advice from. A lot of us women, we look up to our mothers because we trust them, uh, we respect them, and we will take relationship advice from our unmarried or divorced or unhappy mothers, and then we'll turn around and tell this man that he's not qualified to give us advice when, again, a lot of his advice is based on research. It's based on statistics versus your mama's advice that's a lot of times based on her feelings, her love for you, her, her wanting to protect you and wanting, quote unquote, what's best for you, wanting you to be safe and secure. And so if he's not qualified 
Steve Harvey might not be qualified. Is is your mama qualified to give you relationship advice? My mom was married for 20 plus years, but it wasn't a happy marriage. It wasn't a marriage that I want to uh, imitate. It's not an experience that I would like to to duplicate for my own life. So although she can teach me, you know, some of her lessons learned, I don't even know that she's qualified to really give me relationship advice. So I think that if we are going to just completely throw away someone's perspective and opinion based on their personal experience, then that has to be across the board. But I feel like a lot of the people, most of them were women who, you know, threw out that argument that he's been divorced twice. I think that that was uh, said in defense And I think a lot of times we focus on things that don't really matter because we don't really like the message because it hurts our feelings. You know, that whole a hit dog will holler thing. That's really real. So in my opinion, if you were triggered by the things that he was saying, then you probably got some inner work to do. And that's why this conversation is so important. So yes, it's a very controversial way to have the conversation, but I'm so glad that he went viral. I'm so glad that he has this show. I'm so glad that he's speaking on these topics because at least it's opening up the door to have the conversation. Now, for those of y'all that's been down from way back when, um, when I had the Single Wives Club, y'all know that the Single Wives Club was all about single women preparing to become wives. I started it as pretty much a support group after being engaged to be married, being in an abusive relationship, attracting a mess of a man and really wanting to figure out like, what the hell, how did I end up here? And how can I avoid ever being here again? And when I had the idea to start this support group, which wasn't even like a business that I was trying to start initially, I, I got a lot of the feedback of you know, well, how are you going to start this organization and you're single yourself? Coming from people who didn't understand that as an educator, I understood the value of education and I was simply trying to create the platform to have these conversations. Not that I was trying to be the relationship coach, not that I was taking on the role of being the therapist or the expert, but I was simply a single woman trying to figure it out and knowing that other single women wanted to figure it out too. And so I think think that we are quick to tell people what they are and are not qualified to talk about when I think, you know, coming from an abusive relationship, knowing that this was literally um, an experience that I attracted, that I manifested, that I literally called right into my life. I think that there are a lot of lessons that I personally learned that I was able to pass on to other people, whether I was single, engaged, married, or whatever, I still had some valuable lessons to share. And in running the Single Wives Club for seven years, the biggest trouble that I had, the most problems that I had came from single women. Now, of course, single women were my audience, but it was like pulling teeth to get women to realize that maybe you don't have your shit together. Like maybe you are going to have to do a little bit of work if you want what you say you want. Now, if you are okay with your current circumstances, if you are cool with the caliber of men that you've been attracting, then hey, by all means, do you continue to live your best life the way you've been doing it. But if you come to me to get some help As part of the Single Wives Club, these are the things that I believe are going to help all of us because I was single as shit back then. These are the things that I'm personally doing. These are the things that I'm recommending you do. And these things are based on advice that have been given from happy wives. It wasn't just stuff I was pulling out of the, the air. It was literally books that I was reading, conversations that I was having, therapy sessions that I was having. And as I was trying to get myself together, I was trying to pull along as many other single women as I possibly could. And it was always the single women who felt like they already had their ish together. They don't need to, and I'm doing air quotes, they don't need to do anything to quote unquote, get a man. When in reality, the law of attraction is really real. You are a point of attraction for everything in your life. And I think that a big part of what Kevin is preaching is that you have to be attractive and not just looks, but energy. You have to be attractive 
to the things that you say you want. And so he, he uses this analogy about, you know, like cars. And I think that it's the perfect way to get the point across because you and I might feel like we deserve a Bentley. I feel like I deserve a Bentley or a G-Wagon because I really do feel like I deserve a G-Wagon. But I have to ask myself, am I qualified for a G-Wagon? Am I in position for a G-Wagon? Is my bank account in position to support a G-Wagon? Is my credit worthy enough to support a G-Wagon? Or am I just basing this desire off of my feelings? You would never, with your 500 credit score, walk into the Mercedes dealership and expect them to hand you the keys to a G-Wagon if you are not qualified for one. That's just not how it works. So what I don't understand is the disconnect between relationships and common sense. We can have common sense when it comes to business. We can have common sense when it comes to, you know, making purchases. You're not going to go out and try to qualify for a million dollar house when your income supports a $200,000 house. The lender does not care that you feel worthy enough for a million dollar house. It doesn't matter. And so when this man tells you that you are not worthy of a high value man, or you're not worthy of a six figure man, you're offended. But if you take your feelings out of it, if you operate with your head instead of just your heart and what you feel like you want, if you keep it real with yourself, I don't think you'll be as offended because he might be telling the truth. So when he told this woman that, you know, you're average at best, you probably need to go after an average man. I don't understand why that was so offensive. If this woman out of her own mouth said that she was average, she said it before he said it. She rated herself a five before he even said a word. And so I think that black women, when it comes to relationships, I think that we have been raised to, number one, just be strong enough to do life alone, strong enough to not need a man. And then when we are 30, 35, 40, and wondering why we don't have a man, we're offended when people try to offer us advice. And we are, you know, taking it personal when people tell us that maybe we're not in position for the man that we say we want. Now, I am definitely an advocate, again, for the law of attraction, for you being very, very clear about what you want and what you desire, but you also have to be realistic about what you are attracting. You have to understand that you are a magnet to everything that you are experiencing in your life. So if you are putting out bitter vibes, if you are putting out broken vibes, if you are hanging on to a whole lot of baggage from all of the relationships that didn't work in the past, it's going to be really hard for you to attract this amazing, healthy, happy relationship that you say that you want because you're not a match for that. And so a lot of times he, on his show, he recommends that you go to therapy which I feel like is step one, before you call into a stranger on the internet who's probably gonna curse you out, you should probably go talk to a therapist. If you don't want someone to be rough and tough with you, go talk to a therapist. I think, especially in our community, therapy is is frowned upon. We think that, you know, if I go talk to a therapist, that means that I'm crazy. But listen, I had to go speak to a therapist because the same mind that manifested that mess of a man was not gonna be able to get me um, the, the man that I really wanted to attract. And so number one, we're taught to be, you know, strong enough to not need a man. Number two, we're also taught that we are worthy enough, no matter what our desire is for the type of man we want, we are taught and and raised to believe that we are worthy enough to have whatever man we want, regardless of what that man wants, we're worthy of him. And we should not stop. We should not settle until we get him. And I think that that's an unhealthy and unrealistic expectation. If you really take a close, deep look at yourself, 
yourself and see what it is, number one, that you're already attracting, because that's a reflection of what you're putting out. If you look back over your last five relationships or the last five situationships, and you see that they've all been with the same types of men, they've all had the same types of issues, they've all ended in the same type of way, then you have to look at the common denominator. And I think a lot of times we have so much confidence in ourselves um, that we don't often look at ourselves with a realistic perspective and we are not always willing to say, well, maybe I need to do a little bit of work. You know, maybe there are some things that I'm going to have to do before I can attract this specific type of man if that's the specific type of man that you want. Another one of the uh, observations, I guess, that I've had over watching several of the shows is a lot of women, their only um, need or uh, their only want, their only request is a six-figure man. And now being someone that has dated men with well over six figures, I don't know what these women think is so magical about a man that makes six figures. So even if you get that, I don't really understand what you think that's going to mean for your life. And I was having this conversation with a friend a couple of weeks ago who said, you know, I just want a man with a lot of money. And I'm like, your word is so powerful. The law of attraction is so powerful. And you just spewing these crazy requests for things that are not necessarily going to give you what you think they're going to give you. It's, you're not going to end up feeling fulfilled. You're not going to end up attracting what you think you want. So just saying that you want a man with money, just saying that you want a man who makes six figures, what do you really think that's going to do for your life? I would much rather say, you know, I want to attract a generous man because a man with six figures could be stingy as hell, you know, not willing to do anything more than a man making five figures, four figures, whatever. So why not say that you are looking for a generous man, a man who is considerate, a man who treats you, you know, X, Y, and Z. Why are you not putting out what you really want instead of just equating what you want to money? Because you could be dating a millionaire who's broke if his expenses outweigh his income just because his income is a million dollars does not mean that he has a million dollars to spend on you. And even if he does have a million dollars to spend on you, he could be selfish. He could be stingy. He might, you know, maybe the way that he got that million and kept that million is because he's very frugal. You know, he's real specific with what he spends his money on. So just saying that you want a man with money, I think that you're shortchanging yourself. And again, as someone who has personally manifested a mess because I was worried about the wrong things, superficial things, things that I thought were going to look good, but not anything that I really truly needed, not anything that was really going to make me happy, not anything that was really going to fulfill me. I manifested all of the wrong things. And so I definitely, you know, just want to say, be careful what you wish for, because you can literally think that this man with money is going to come through and save the day. And a lot of times that ain't it, sis. Um, So that's another thing. Understanding what you truly want outside of what society tells you is, you know, value outside of what looks good. I think a lot of times we are, trying to go after the man that has it all together on paper or, you know, will make us look good. We'll look good on their arm to society, to Instagram. You know, we can take some good pictures, but at the end of the day, 10 years from now, are the things that you say you're looking for really going to matter or not? Are the things that you say you're looking for rooted in you trying to have what your mama say she wants you to have? You know, are you trying to go after what your homegirl has? I really want to encourage y'all, all all the single ladies who are tuned into this right now, my biggest advice is for you to get really real with yourself before you start making that list. Everybody want to know what what was Sierra's prayer? Well, I think Sierra's prayer was changed behavior because a lot of times it starts with us. Not even a lot of times, all the time it starts with us. We are a point of attraction for everything that we are experiencing. And so 
I feel like sometimes we try to blame other people. We try to have a cop out. You know, it, it makes us feel better if we aren't the ones to blame. If we can say that so-and-so did this to us, then we don't have any responsibility. We don't have to look at ourselves. We don't have to have those tough conversations. And we could just go on about our business. But what I feel like is really going to make a difference is you changing your decision-making. That's what I had to really take a deep look at. Not just, oh, this man did X, Y, and Z. Woe is me. You know, I'm the victim. But what was I thinking to even get myself into this situation? What type of energy was I putting out to even attract this type of man? And I was dead set. After that relationship ended, I was dead set on never attracting that type of mess ever again. So I knew that there were some things that I had to work on so that I would be a point of attraction for something better. If I wanted to experience something better, I had to put out something better. I had to make sure that the things that I said that I wanted, the things that I was thinking, the the words that I was speaking, the actions that I was taking was a point of attraction to the things that I actually wanted and not just the superficial BS that looked good on paper or that I thought mattered, but really truly didn't. So questions that I have for y'all. Does his relationship status void his opinion? I don't think so, but of course I want to hear what y'all have to say. Is there something wrong with being average? This is a a question I hear him asking all the time. Like everybody doesn't make six figures. So you saying that you want a man with six figures, every woman that calls in, I mean, I literally don't think that I've heard one woman call in and not say that she wants a man that makes six figures, but everybody's not out here making six figures. Like I know we throw around that term, but everybody's not out here making six figures. So Is there something wrong with wanting to attract a man that's quote unquote average? I don't know what the average income might be, but whatever that is, what's wrong with that? Especially if that's the level that you happen to be on right now. And do y'all think that black people respond better to tough love? Because I think that he could literally be saying the same exact thing in a monotone voice without cursing. And we probably wouldn't even be tuning into this man. We wouldn't even be having this conversation right now. So I think a lot of the things that he says is like a shock factor, not that he's necessarily doing it for ratings or doing it for views, but I do think that he's getting your attention. I mean, we're obviously, you know, spending our afternoon talking about it. So he did his job in getting the conversation out there, which I believe as a black woman who will be raising black children with my black husband, I believe that these are conversations that we need to have. Like this is a necessary conversation without taking it personal, without being offended. This is a conversation that we really need to have if we are going to rebuild the Black community. Because in my opinion, the Black community starts with the Black family. And the Black family starts with the Black man and the Black woman. So if we have such a disconnect around our beliefs, if we are so at war with one another that we can't even accept the opinions of one another, then I I don't think we're going to get very far. And one of the things that he often references is the fact that he's having these conversations with Black men. Most Black women are having conversations with other Black women. And so you don't know what a man is really thinking unless you're talking to a couple of them. You can't base your opinion solely on what you and your homegirls think without ever consulting a man, a black man, if that's what you want to attract. And so I think although it's a a tough pill to swallow, although you may not like the way that he delivers it, I think that he has a lot of valid points. I appreciate the fact that he's opened up the door to at least have the conversation, to get people talking about it. And I really think that if we are going to start changing some of these statistics, if we are going to stop raising our black women to you know believe that they don't need a man and how like how how is the community going to move forward we're not raising them to believe that they don't need to have kids because black women are not stopping having children they're still getting pregnant they're still having babies we're still having kids but we're not getting married And the statistics, I tried to find the exact um, statistic before hopping on here. On his show, he always says, you know, one in Black 
one in four Black women will get married, which of course equates to 25%. Based on what I could find, um, it, it seems like it's between like 35 and 50% of Black women will never uh, get, will, will get married. Between 35 and 50% of Black women will get married. That means between 50 and 70% of us will not get married. And I have a problem with that. I have a problem with that. And so if you have a problem with that, if you don't want to quote unquote die alone, which statistically speaking, if the majority of us are not going to get married, then what does that mean we're going to do? That means we're going to die alone. Those are facts. Is he saying it in a way that hurts your feelings? Maybe, but those are the facts. And coming from a family of Black women that don't get married, my aunts are dying alone. That sounds really bad, but it's the truth. And so one thing that I always knew is I wanted to experience something different. It wasn't no uncles, nowhere in sight. Everybody got kids. I got cousins, but where are the daddies? And if you want to experience something different, if you want your legacy to be different, if you want something better for the future generations that are coming through you, then we're going to have to start having these conversations. We're going to have to start being real with ourselves, not being offended when someone has an opinion that doesn't make you feel good, and really truly understanding that our people are going to perish if we don't do our part to start rebuilding the Black family, which again, in my opinion, is part of the cure for the culture. We can talk about uh, Black wealth. We can talk about Black business. We can talk about all of those things, but who are you leaving that wealth to, single Black women? We know the statistics on you know the rate in which we're starting businesses, the amount of money that we're making. We know those statistics. We're proud of those statistics, but at the end of the day, if you are so successful, no kids, no husband, who is going to carry on your legacy? Who's going to get that wealth that you're working so hard to build? What's the point of it? I always said, I mean, you can find old interviews that I did from 2012, 13, 14, 15, single as hell. And I kept on saying, I want some honey to go with my money. It's cool to, you know, laugh all the way to the bank. It's cool to make six figures, but if I don't have anybody to share it with, if I don't have anybody to build with, what's really the point? What's the point? And so my challenge for you is to be open-minded, to be open to having these dialogues, to not be offended every time someone says something that hurts your feelings, and to be willing to be real with yourself. Even if you don't you know, want to be real with me, because I'm going to open up the floor in just a moment, but you do have to be willing to be real with yourself, because at the end of the day, when you are laying up at two, three, four o'clock in the morning, unhappy, Only you can do something about it. And so for anyone listening who has subscribed to the belief that I don't need a man, I think that that's a toxic belief. Not because you literally need one to survive, not because a man is going to come along and make, you know, fulfill your life or complete you, but we're human and we need companionship. And that is like a basic human need. And you are kidding yourself if you've been telling yourself that you good, I'm cool. I was super independent, Miss Independent, but I, I, I knew that I wanted a man to share my life with. I'm super happy I don't have to take out the trash. I don't have to lift heavy shit. I don't have to drive nowhere. Like my, life is so much better when you have a partner, seriously. And so having the Single Wives Club for all of those years, this is not a conversation that's foreign to me. It's one that I got away from. I sold that business in 2017 because the women were getting on my nerves. It was like, I know that what I'm saying is going to work. I believe so strongly that if you change your point of attraction, if you work on becoming a healthy, happy version of yourself by yourself, then you are going to attract a healthy, happy mate. I knew it. But I got sick and tired of trying to convince people that I was right. And I said, you know what? I'm going to just do it. I'm going to just show them. And so fast forward now, having attracted a healthy, happy relationship, 
being engaged, having literally the man that I was praying for, but not just praying for, also preparing for, I feel like, okay, now we can have this conversation again. Maybe, maybe they'll listen now because I practiced what I preached. I'm not just, you know, sitting on a soapbox telling you the things that I, that, that I think you should do. I was actually doing them. And so I hope that you all are taking this conversation with an open mind, with an open heart, and you are ready to start doing something differently. Because if you want something different, you got to be willing to do something different. And last thing that I want to say before I open up the stage, I see a couple people got their hands up. I think that in, in the United States of America, not even I think, it has been proven. I mean, society has it written all, all over. The writing's on the wall. There are programs in place. There are systems in place to keep Black men and Black women at odds. We can talk about the crack era. We can talk about the prison system, the education system. All the systems are set us set up to separate us. And so if we really want something different, we are going to have to be in charge of doing something different. We can't sit around and argue all day long. We can't blame one another for everything that we are experiencing. We cannot blame, um, we can't even blame society. Like, at this point, it's like, are you going to talk about it or are you going to be about it? And so my challenge for you is to be about it, to not settle for being quote unquote single and having all your ish together, looking good on paper, but you, you, you mad, you sad, you lonely at the end of the night and it's holiday season coming from somebody who was sick and tired of going home for Christmas, being single as hell no kids, no man, but I got a successful business though. That's not all it's cracked up to be. Not to say that you should not aspire to do anything outside of, you know, wanting a relationship, but you can really have it all. And, and I think that we are doing one another a disservice when we spread the narrative that you shouldn't want it all, that there's something wrong with wanting a man, a partner, a companion. So I know that y'all tune in to Confessions of a Workaholic because y'all are here to find out how you can work smarter and not harder, build your business, boss up, all that good stuff. So I definitely wanted to tie this conversation into how your business could be suffering the same way that your relationships could be suffering if you are um, being easily offended, if you are always on the defense. Um, similar to the way some of these women are when they reach out to Kevin and even when they're not reaching out to Kevin, how a lot of black women unfortunately are whenever they hear something that they don't want to hear um, or that doesn't make them feel good. So um, callers who call in and speak to Kevin often as you know, as I mentioned and as I feel have unrealistic expectations in that they are saying that they want things that don't necessarily align with who they are. And as an entrepreneur, a lot of times I find that people who are just getting started, they're so caught up in other people's results or what other people are posting about or um, the money that they claim to be making that these new business owners expect overnight results. They expect instant success. They expect their day one to look like somebody else's 1000. And again, if you are not being realistic in your expectations, it's going to be very hard for you to accomplish and achieve um, those results. Women often seem uh, also seem to be caught up in this whole six figure or high value men but have no clue what those men want or what it's going to take to be in a healthy relationship with those men. And as it relates to entrepreneurs, a lot of entrepreneurs want to make six figures, but have no clue how to manage the money that they're already making. So they're making three figures and they have a hard time budgeting that or maintaining that or managing that, but they have these hopes of making six figures, not really knowing how to manage that money, not really knowing what it's going to take to sustain that level of success or, or that particular amount of income. And so you have to just ask yourself, whether it's talking about personally or professionally, 
Are you in alignment with the things that you say you want? You want a successful business. You want to make a milli, but in real life, you over here waiting on the stimmy. I'm a rapper, y'all. I'm a rapper. You waiting on this $600 stimulus check, but you swear you need, you want to make a million dollars. Well, if you have not figured out basic principles around debt or money management or, you know, um, not living paycheck to paycheck, you're probably not in alignment with the million dollar mindset or the million dollar work ethic. A lot of the women who I hear calling in on his show, they can't handle criticism. So they literally reject anything that goes against their beliefs about themselves, anything that they that goes against what their mama, their bestie has told them in the past. And a lot of entrepreneurs would rather struggle on their own, trying to do it all by themselves, rather than invest in a coach, invest in a teacher, invest in training, invest in the courses um, that literally is going to question what they're currently doing so that it can show them how to do things a little bit better based on the results that they say they want. And so again, as we move into this new year, I really want to challenge you to look at yourself in a very honest and authentic way, figure out what it is that you are working toward and also come up with a plan to align yourself, to be in alignment, to be a point of attraction for the things that you say you desire and the things that you think that you deserve. I hope that you are feeling inspired, motivated, and just excited about all of the possibilities I want you to be encouraged. I, I know that this is a tough conversation to have, but a very um, necessary one that hopefully will help move you a little bit closer to your goals, both personally and professionally. Remember, you already have everything you need to get everything you want if you are willing to work. I love you. See you on the next episode. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.